You are listening to a message from City Church, located in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. For more information on City Church, or for additional resources, including service times, recommended readings, and additional audio, please visit citychurchpa.org. I want to say Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much for gathering with us this morning. Uh, I love uh, the fact that every seven years we get to at least have something that is totally different, which is Christmas uh, coming in on a Sunday morning, uh, Christmas. And, and I think um, just uh, if you could just kind of maybe bear with me for a second, I think this is very important because um, every seven years uh, we get on Christmas morning where um, the other day um, I was uh, playing something on YouTube. Uh, we're playing just some dances and stuff and our kids were playing and, and, and if you've ever played anything on YouTube, you will get to find out that uh, if you leave it long enough, if you leave it long enough, there's that commercial that actually, this one actually was like, it was going to take an hour. It was a whole movie as a commercial, hijacking what we were doing to come on top of what was going on. And, and I want to kind of submit to you that uh, Christmas can be hijacked like that. We can, like when it lay, lands on every other day, different days, and, and if it doesn't land on, on Christmas Day, like usually it, it, it gets hijacked like, 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 that, like that YouTube commercial where at the end of the day, um, you end up actually thinking maybe Christmas is all about the gifts and all those things and then forgetting that Christmas is really about Jesus. Christmas is really about Christ coming and die and coming and becoming a baby. And that is the good news that we celebrate today. So I want to kind of just bring it to you this morning. I know that most of you delayed opening gifts and all that. And some of you guys are going to be happy. Some of you guys are going to be disappointed and all that. But let me just kind of really counsel you this morning that the gift of gifts, the gift that is amazing, you already have if you've embraced Jesus. Right. And so I love the thoughtfulness of Christmas gifts as well, um, as well, because of the fact that people have taken time and have gone and thought, thought about you and really kind of went and chose something for you. And they, as they sit there, they're watching you unwrap it. And it's actually like, that, that's the thoughtfulness of that. And so this morning, as I, as I read to you uh, what has already been read by Larry today, I want to show you the thoughtfulness of God in giving us the greatest gift that he's ever given us, Jesus. The fact that if you zoom out, and we've been in Exodus for a while, if you zoom out, you will actually discover that God had already prepared a gift for you and me, and that gift is Jesus. That God, when, when, when you read, for example, in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, when they're preparing the tabernacle, you get to see a God who wants to dwell with his people. A God who wants to give himself as a gift to his people. He wants to dwell with his people because, listen, there is no greater gift to have but God himself living with us because when he is with us, we are protected. We have everything that we need. 
right? So Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, at the beginning of the construction of the tabernacle, God says there to make a sanctuary for me so that I may, so that I may dwell amongst them. That God wanted to be with his people, right? And then so when you get to the end of the construction of the tabernacle, what Larry read earlier on today, verse 45, he says this, I will dwell amongst Israel and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of slavery, right, of of Egypt, so that I may dwell amongst them. I am the Lord their God. And so you get to see the intention of God from the beginning, that when When we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating the big picture. The big picture is that God has always wanted to dwell with his people. God has always wanted to dwell with his people. And so as they are building this sanctuary, they are building this. um, But this is God saying that he wants to dwell with his people. But if you have been with us the past couple of weeks, you you would have seen that everything was actually God and his holy presence was wanting to dwell with his people. But at the same time, there was a separation between his people and himself. Because God is holy and his people are sinful right? So everything was screaming separation because there was curtains all around and because, and that separation was because of sin. I love how John Piper actually describes what sin is. It says, what is sin? It is the glory of God not honored. The holiness of God, not reverence. The greatness of God, not admired. The power of God, not praised. The truth of God, not sought. The wisdom of God, not esteemed. The beauty of God, not treasured. The goodness of God, not savored. The faithfulness of God, not trusted. The commandments of God, not obeyed. The justice of God, not respected. The wrath of God, not feared. The grace of God not cherished, and the presence of God not prized, right? And so if you were to go, and this is the story of the Bible, that we are separated from God because we have not prized and, and we have not really loved the person, the, the person of God. And he said, and John Piper here says, the person of God not loved, that is sin. That if you really read the whole Bible, you would see that every, in each and every way, rebellion is actually at work. And so, um, but yet God still says, I want to dwell with my people. And we see that this is not something that God had begun right there at the construction of the tabernacle, but it is something that even when you go to Genesis 3 verse 8, you would see God walking to and fro in the garden and where he is actually communing with Adam. And even when he has sinned, God comes and he says, where are you? You're getting to see the heart of the father wanting to be with his people, but then all of a sudden sin separates and man is now hiding, uh, hiding, um, hiding from God, and you're getting to see this now, this now, like where you, if you follow the prophets, you see that eating from the tree begins to serve that fellowship that man has with God, and God now wants to be with his people, but there's this obstacle that is going on, that, that, that is there. To the point where Amos laments and he says, can two walk together without agreeing to meet? 
And he's talking about God and his people. And the truth is that man and his people, cannot, man and God cannot walk with, with, with each other because of sin that separates. And that's where now we celebrate Jesus that like when you begin to look from the Old Testament, the entire Old Testament system was a daily cry for the final lamb, Jesus Christ, to come and come and reconcile man who has been separated from God. But what you see there is a picture. You get to see the picture of an incredible, patient, and forgiving, merciful God towards sinners. You see the God who is uncompromising towards his holiness, but still wants to dwell with his people. You see God who is righteous in his anger against sin. But then we see that we, there's this inescapable seriousness of sin that is causing this separation between God and man. And but over and over in the Old Testament, you get to see the inability of sin the, the sin affected people to earn the acceptance with God on their own. And there's, there's this inadequacy of, 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 of us like trying to please God at every turn. And we needed, we needed desperately this once and for all sacrifice, sacrifice that will extend mercy and God's justice towards God. What we needed no human being could do. And so, we see that that's actually where the incarnation, the birth of Jesus comes in. His perfect life and his acceptable sacrifice, his resurrection in victory. This is what we needed. We needed one who was going to come and stand and breach the gap. So in Christ, God dwells with us, his people. Amen. And you see, this is actually what, what actually the angels say, um, like echoing what had been written in Isaiah. In Matthew 1, 23, it says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And so God finally in Jesus now comes to dwell with us. And he dwells with us at his cost. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And he was with God at the beginning. All things were created through him. And apart from him, nothing, not one thing was created that had been created. But then in verse 14, we see the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We observed his glory as the glory of the one and only, the, 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 the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And we get to see this, that he loved the world in this way. That he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So he comes to dwell with us. This is the good news of Christmas. That he comes to dwell with us. The dangerous presence of God is the fact that you and I, because of our sin, cannot dwell with God. We are forever separated with him. 
But in Jesus, he comes to dwell with us, not to condemn us, but to bless us. Not to condemn us, but to bless us, right? He would become our access to God. That's the good news of Christmas. Like if you were to stop today and begin to, begin to savor, and of which I pray that this would be the moment you do that, and savor and say, what's the big deal of Christ coming? It's the fact that now you have access to the Father. Do you know what that means? It means that you and I don't need, you know, if I wanted to see as the CEO of Apple today or to see the CEO of Amazon or whatever it is, no matter how important they are, if I wanted to see the president, I would need an appointment and all those. I would have to jump through the hoops. But you know what we celebrate in Christmas? We celebrate that the fact that you and I, you know, this boy born in Africa and you born maybe in Williamsport here, in places that probably like if you were to go to other cities and you would say, I'm from Trout Run, and people would say that I don't know what that is and where that is, and I don't think I want to go there, <laughs> right? You had to say Williamsport, you would have to kind of try to like say, I'm from the, where the Little League series, and if you were to say where I'm from, but did you know that no matter where you were born and where you come from, that today you and I are celebrating the fact that, that you have access to the king of the universe. And you and I can bring our sorrows, our griefs, our pains, our things that weigh us down. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. That you can now, you don't, you don't bring it to this person and they get to take it up on the food chain. It, 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 it's this whole idea. Like, I, I'm telling you, like, like I, I, I want to take you maybe even to the background of where I'm coming from. For me today, celebrating... Christmas, I, I was rescued from a system by which we had to talk to our ancestors and they would talk to another ancestor in order for them to talk on our behalf to God of the universe. But today, I have direct access to the Father. But what if my sin is an obstacle? You don't know what I have done. But say, say less, listen, Jesus is the one who actually removes that, right? A couple of days ago, most of us couldn't drive down to go and buy Christmas presents, and we had to have, we had to depend on snow plows to actually make way and remove the sliding roads to actually so that we can go get the gift. Did you know that in Christ now, we've got the greatest bulldozers of them all to clear the way so that we can make it to God's heart? He makes a way, right? Right, and now we have direct link with, he is now, we celebrate with that. 
And this is what Jesus says when now he has come to live that life. And when they come and they begin to actually talk to him, Jesus actually says this to the Pharisees. He says this, destroy this temple, talking about his own body, and I will raise it again in three days. There he was actually saying he has replaced the tabernacle. In other words, he was saying, I am the way to God's presence. And, and remember, this is my, my favorite verse. And if you can kind of sit and marinate in that for a little bit. A couple of days ago, I was picking up my brother from, from the airport from, from JFK. And, and we ended up staying at the hotel like because we kind of re read the times wrong. And I was like, hey, say, this is the best time for me to go and get to, to Jamaican jerk, jerk chicken. Like, and so I went and I got it. And this thing was marinated in, in these, these amazing flavors. And I'm telling you, I ate more than I could eat that day. I was eating and even eating the bones to that thing. And I pray that today you would marinate in this. That today, what we're celebrating is Psalm 1611, probably one of my favorite verses. God, you make known to me the pathway of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And that you would marinate in this. That like today, what God is, what, what, as we're celebrating this newborn baby in Christ, we're celebrating the fact that in Jesus, now we're celebrating the fact that in his presence, we are now have that we have now fullness of joy, and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There's no better gift than that. And so I love what Tim Keller says, and he says, the God of the universe became a wiggling baby in order to get close to you. And then to get close to you, and to do what? To make way. To make way for you to enjoy God and to enjoy his presence, right? And then so he came, and I love the fact that he became the presence of God, and he draws near to us and remains near to us, and he promises us never to leave us, not forsake us. Another verse that I love is in Matthew chapter 11, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I, I'm just praying that today you would probably just enter into the rest that God has set before you. And Jesus was celebrating that this gift is a gift that actually ushers us into rest. The rest that no greater gift would ever give, no vacation would ever give you, no this is the rest of rest itself, and it's found in a person, it's in Jesus, where we find rest and grace, he restores that access and fellowship with him, but not only that, this gift now, it keeps on giving through the rest of the year, because of Christ, the Spirit of God dwells in within us to come and constantly give us now the rest that we, that we need. 
You know, I don't know if you've ever been around those that, that suffer from diabetes. But some of them have that insulin pump that just like when the sugar is low, they kind of just like it. There's some of them that instantly just give them the insulin that they need or that just to regulate the blood sugar and things that are going on. The Spirit of God works like that inside within us. Like inside within. Today we not only just are celebrating that we have Jesus. We're celebrating that Jesus has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that he sent at the Pentecost. That now we can enjoy the presence of God in our lives at all times. Thanks to this baby. And the life that he lived that we should have lived, and the death that he died. And the Holy Spirit now lives inside within us, and he works and grows us in grace in, in, in many ways. Let me recount a few ways. He continues to give, the, to, 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 to give this life renewing work in our hearts. He convicts us of sin. And then so that if there's anything that wants to try to separate us from the love of Jesus, the Holy Spirit says, hey, 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 you are about to move far away from the love of God. Come close. And so we are celebrating that Emmanuel God with us and the Holy Spirit keeps us, keeps us close to him. Right? He illumines God's word to us. That when we open the word of God, he continues to change us in a million ways. He empowers us now to obey where we were powerless to obey him. We celebrate today that Emmanuel God with us and the Holy Spirit God in us is now even the fact that now we now are empowered to obey him. To love him the way he wants to be loved. To worship him the way he wants to be worshipped. And he carries, and he consistently carries our cries to the Father. Where we are groaning, where we are moaning, where we are suffering, we now have an advocate. Jesus, our helper, and the Holy Spirit, our helper, who constantly carries our cries before him. And so even where we groan and we don't have words to say, we have one who translates our words to him. And he's the one who reminds us every single day. Where in a culture that is full of idols, where we now could forget, easily forget who we are and whose we are, thank God that we have a gift in Jesus and the Holy Spirit who constantly reminds us who we are, that we are adopted children of God. That's what we celebrate today, guys. We celebrate that now we have God, Emmanuel, God with us. And but, but we are celebrating that now every single day that we are the temple. As a church, we, it, like, like 1 Corinthians 3.16, we are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God lives in within us. But that even though we grieve today, what we celebrate, listen, what I love about Christmas is this. We celebrate the fact that if God came into history and time, we're also celebrating the fact that 
and looking forward to the fact that God is going to come again in history and time. If it's true that God stepped into history and time 2,000 plus years ago, we are left as the most hopeful people in the whole world. Because now we live in between. He came, and if he came, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he came. There is going to be a day when he is going to come again. Listen, this is where you and I need to be glad. If you look through our lives, where you've been grieving, where you've been mourning, where there's been a lot of things in your life, where you are grieved even by your own sin. Now, I want to say, lift up your head. This celebration of the fact that he came also lifts up our heads like, like Psalm 3 says that, but you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and lifter up of my head. Lift up your head because if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he came. He is also the God who's going to again dwell with us as his people. That's what celebration of Christmas is. The, celebra- the true celebration is the fact that we are people that look back, but we confidently look into the future, and our hope is anchored between two moments of his advent and his advent that is coming again. Amen? Right. The fact that he is coming again. And that day is going to be a glorious day, right? Where Revelation 21, 22 says, I did not see a temple in it. Looking the new heaven and new earth. Because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. That he's going to come and he's going to dwell with us. And I love the fact that when it describes there, it says that day, there's not going to be any more weeping and more mourning, any grief, any sickness, anything, because Jesus is going to be with us as his people. So that's what we celebrate. And today, I want to really just like, as we celebrate Christmas, I want to say that to you, as a, this is why it calls us Jesus as the living hope, that you and I, as we celebrate Jesus coming, we are celebrating the fact that we are the most hopeful people in the whole world, that there's going to be a day, and I love that day. I look forward to that day. I relish and marinate on the coming of Jesus because I know that there is a day that is coming where death is going to be defeated full and finally. Where sin is going to be defeated. Where everything that grieves us is going to be defeated. And where that fullness of joy. Today, we're celebrating that God has put a deposit of that joy. But we're also celebrating that. Listen, you know, if you've ever paid, made payments on a car, you would understand this. 
you make payments on a car. You, they, they, when you buy a car, they say it's yours. It's in your name and everything, but you start making those payments. But when you make that final payment and that title comes in the mail, that car is now fully and finally yours. And I want to really just end with this. Our salvation in the coming of Jesus and him dying and resurrecting was like us. He made a deposit and said, it is yours. The salvation is yours. But you know what? And we get to enjoy every single day we wake up and we worship. We get to enjoy it. We enjoy it in small bits. But we look forward to that day when the full title comes in the mail. And all things now would have passed away. And he says, behold, everything is new. On that day is going to be a glorious day. So, please... Please, as we go home, I pray that you will not be duped by that box underneath the Christmas tree. You would actually just stop for a moment and celebrate the fact that you've got the greatest gift that no man could ever buy. You have Jesus. And as long as you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. Pray with me. Father, we come before you and we thank you that in you, Jesus, we have the gift of gifts. And we thank you that today, God, as we celebrate that, we're also looking in great anticipation to your coming again. Jesus, thank you for this good news. Would you meet us today and leave us hopeful and leave us grateful and leave us content with you, the greatest gift of all. And leave us saying with the psalmist, that you are our shepherd and we shall not want. Thank you, Lord. And today, God, as we rejoice, I pray for the people here and those that are watching online, that God, the flood of your peace would come over our hearts because you have made peace with us through Jesus that the flood of forgiveness would overwhelm our hearts because you have forgiven us even our most unthinkable of sins, that the flood of joy would overwhelm us because your coming, Lord, was the advent of our joy. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from City Church, located in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. We hope God meets you where you are and doesn't leave you, but changes you through the work of His Son. For additional information, please visit citychurchpa.org.